listening to Wake Up and Read the Labels, your guide to eating simple and feeling good. If you want to eat clean and feel your best, guess what? You're in the right place. Each week, we talk about ingredients that may be holding you back from feeling your best. We also talk to some brands that are going against the grain and actually using real ingredients we can recognize. Plus, we're sharing stories with people who are just like you, who actually woke up and read the labels. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wake Up Podcast. My name is Jen Smiley, and I am being joined today by the lovely, amazing, and most beautiful Sally Pressman. Sally Pressman has dealt with an autoimmune disease called ulcerative colitis. And not knowing this and not knowing anything about her, we actually connected on Instagram. And here we are many months later. And we're just going to have a conversation today about what she does to stay so beautiful and fit and how she lives this clean eating life and what it has done for her. So Sally, what is up, girl? I'm so excited. I mean, I know that everyone listening on this podcast loves you as much as I do. But just to reiterate, I absolutely love you. And the fact that you and I have gotten to be friends is like, I mean, it's the icing on all the cakes, but the clean icing on all the clean cakes. Yes. And, And you can have tons of clean icing, right? So much. So much icing. So I love that. Um, Sally, tell me this. We met on Instagram. How long ago? Do you even remember? I mean, because now it's March. Like, it was during COVID times. It was. Like, I want to say it was like a year ago. Maybe just about a year ago. Okay. Did you find me or I find you? Because I really don't remember. I found you, girl. How? I found you because I had just started doing keto and one of my dear friends, Jen Fisher, one of our mutual friends, was like, I was messaging with her and I was asking her some questions and Jen, like being Jen, was like, don't ask me. Follow my girl, Jen Smiley. Don't ask me. Wake up and read the labels. If you're not following, I don't know what you're doing. And I was like, what? Wake up and read the labels? Who is it? And then I followed you and it was like instant love. And then just the way that Instagram does with people, I was like liking your stuff and commenting. And then that, you know, picks up people's attention. The algorithm. I say, did the algorithm get you? The algorithm got me. The algorithm got me. And I mean, I literally, when I started following you, I think, I'm not kidding. I think you had like 13,000 followers. Yeah. And then during the time when I was following you, I watched your followers, like your numbers just explode. Yeah. Like explode because everyone just like me who follows you is like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm getting all this information for free. I just need to like watch her Instagram with a pencil. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can go into a trail of things because of that. But so if you followed me around 13,000 followers, I knew exactly what month that was because I was tracking it. I remember when my kids finished school last year, I was at 10,000. And I remember it was time for the kids to go to bed eight o'clock. And I was like, hold on, kids. Mommy reached 10,000. I got to see what is what happens when you get to 10,000 because you get the swipe up feature. It used to be. Oh, my gosh. 
I remember you reaching 10. So it was before 10. Okay. I was following you before 10 because I remembered your sweet celebration with your boys. In my bedroom, we were like Googling what happens when you reach 10,000. And then I was like, what am I going to swipe up to? I guess swipe up and go to my website with nothing being there. I remember that. Oh my God. Gosh, I remember that. Yes. Oh my God. I, I was a follower before I thought I was a follower. Yes. There you go. And and that takes me to a really funny story about following. So getting followers is actually very hard, right? And getting from- It's so hard. Yes. Zero to 1,000 is the hardest thing in the world. I remember I had 998. I was sitting at a Mexican restaurant in Santa Barbara, and there were two girls on their phones at a table next to me, and I was just itching to see what 1,000 looked like. So I told my kids and everybody, I was like, what do you think if we ask the girls next to us to follow me? Oh, my god! That's what we did. I'm like, hey, girls, do you have Instagram? They're like, yeah. I'm like, will you please follow me? And that got me to 1,000. That was pretty cool. And what happened when you reached a thousand? <sighs> Nothing. Was there anything or it was just a number? No, it's very anticlimactic 1000. And then 10,000 is cool, but honestly, 10 to a hundred, it is work to get there, but you don't, I don't know. Here's the thing that I love about you, Jen, is that whether you had 998 or whether you have however many you have right now, yeah. you have stayed the same. Mm-hmm. It's not like you became some like, I'm using filters and posting bikini shots of myself like yeah. to get from 10 to 14 or to 10 to 50 or whatever. You have always posted the same material. And so, you know, this like hunt for followers or whatever, because we think that, you know, each amount like opens something new up has been all about you being true to yourself. Yeah. And that's what I love so much about you. And really, I'm just, I'm really trying to put what I put out there in the eyes of who's watching. Like, what do people actually need? What's actually helping people, right? Yes. What do people react to? Like, people react to the food. They're not really reacting. No one wants to see my kids graduating from kindergarten. You know what I mean? They really want to no, see. that. that's for your personal Instagram. Yes. What's changed in their life, which brings me to, there's this whole world of the revolution of clean things, whether it's household clean things, it's food clean things, it is supplements, there's clean medication out there. And so I'm constantly getting these messages that are like, Hey, where do I get, you know, clean baby food and clean tampons and clean household essentials and clean perfume and clean makeup. And I'm like, Whoa, I need to stay the course. Like I am going to dilute what I'm doing. If I try to do it all, it's a monster. Yes. So I try to stay in the food lane, which brings me to what does clean eating mean to you? I mean, you honestly embody it perfectly. And what I think is so important is that what you do so well is you're like, listen, you think you're having nothing to eat or you think you're eating so healthily. You're having a sal- you're having coffee, a salad and soup for dinner and you're bloated and you can't lose weight and you're puffy and you wake up and you just feel Ugh, out of your yeah. body. And like what I love so much is that that is that is the whole problem is that we think we're doing something right, Mm -hmm. but we just don't have all the tools. And so for me, clean eating is staying as close to single ingredient foods as possible. Yeah. So as much as possible, 
when you have that coffee, there's coffee and that's the one ingredient. It's like the coffee beans and then the water. And then you have to look at what you put in the coffee. Mm -hmm. You have to look at what you put in the coffee. And we're so bombarded. I love when you go to the grocery store and you just show all of the like non-dairy milks. Yeah. We're so bombarded by like, okay, we know we shouldn't be doing dairy. So we're doing non-dairy, but non-dairy is not clean. Right. Just like by the name non-dairy. You have to look at a thing, turn it around. And most of the time, if you're non-dairy, carton of whatever can sit on a shelf. Mm -hmm. It has stuff in there that allows it to sit on the shelf. And you don't want that to sit in your body. Right. You know, like if it can survive in a shelf for years and years and years, then it's going to survive in your body for years and years and years and can't get broken down or recognized. So true. Yeah. So clean eating for me is really just trying to put single ingredient foods together so that I recognize everything that's in there. When I make a salad, I can pull every single one of my vegetables, Mm -hmm. my lean protein that's been maybe cooked in olive oil, salt, and pepper. That's usually it. And then my dressing is usually oil, maybe a little vinegar, lemon, salt, pepper, maybe some mustard. That's it. That's it. Don't you think women especially are like so stressed about one being healthy and what to actually feed themselves and their family at this point in time? Yeah, because don't you also feel that like you even as a mom, and I think that this is what's so what another thing that's so incredible about you yeah. is you're not like, I'm a supermodel and this is how I like have this supermodel body. You're like, I am you, I am you, I am you yeah. with a life and work and I have two children and I have a husband and I'm very busy. And as a mom, so often we don't prioritize ourselves. We prioritize feeding our kids and we prioritize feeding our spouses. And then a lot of times we're sitting there like just eating leftovers. Like there was one time, I kid you not, when I hadn't had lunch and I picked my daughter up from preschool Uh and I ate the fruit and vegetables and whatever else she had left in her lunch box that I made that morning. Yeah, I bet a lot of listeners out there relate to that so hardcore. Or when you're when you are in the evening unpacking your kids' lunchbox and you see they probably didn't eat most of it and you're starving. So you're like, I'm just going to eat all this because I don't want to waste the food. Starving. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. So that exactly. I know you have, and so many people have. And I think that women are so often nurturing other people that we're, we don't take the time to nurture ourselves. And it isn't until you realize that you have to nurture yourself Mm -hmm. to be able to nurture others better. It's like the air mask on an airplane. You have to put your air mask on first so that you can help other people. Yeah. I read this book once and it talked about how you have to fill up your own cup in order to serve it to others. Otherwise you can't give anyone an empty cup. If your cup is literally... If you're waking up drained, you feel terrible and nothing's going right for you and you're not taking control of your health, you have an empty cup at that point. So that brings me to, I love your explanation of what is clean eating for all the listeners. Yes, clean eating is eating foods made with real ingredients. So when you go to the grocery, the paradox of choice is there. We don't know what the heck we're buying anymore. Then there's stickers that say non-GMO, gluten-free, dairy-free, unsweetened. And we're assuming those things are healthy and their best choice. However, they are often filled with a bunch of still inflammatory ingredients or just ingredients that aren't serving our bodies as well. So I love to tell people like, hey, look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. 
That's all I'm doing is helping people have a little less stress in their life about being healthy by really empowering them with some informed decisions. That is it. Yep. And there's people out there, especially I know functional medicine doctors are on the horizon and they are fantastic at really going to the root cause of these autoimmune problems and just why people are fatigued and why they're overweight and all these issues as opposed to the conventional doctors, all glory to them. They do great things. We would not be where we are without medicine, but they're like in America, they're basically pouring gasoline with medication on everyone's symptoms as opposed to saying, hey, look, what's really causing this and how do we remove that from your life, right? It's so true. Yeah. So that brings me to you struggled with ulcerative colitis. Tell everybody what yes. that is and when when you discovered you had that. So ulcerative colitis is an autoimmune, as you were just talking about. And it's basically where your immune system attacks your colon. It's like bombarding it as if it's a foreign substance. And so it starts to get really inflamed with these ulcers all over it. It is so incredibly painful. I was going to say that sounds so painful. Like, no. I mean, listen, it is debilitating, right? Like put you on your knees. When I found the diet that I'm currently on, my daughter wasn't born yet, but my son was like two or no, he must've been three. And I could get up to make his lunch and then I couldn't even drive him in a car huh. because I, A, didn't have the energy. B, had no idea when I was going to have to run to the bathroom. Yeah. So couldn't be stuck in a car. Yeah. My husband was doing all of the driving to and from preschool, doing everything. I remember I went to a movie with them. I had to leave like four times during the movie because I had had water. Wow. And that was enough to send me to the bathroom. So Exactly what you're saying. I was going to a GI doctor and he had had me on prednisone, which is a very common treatment for all autoimmunes. Which makes you blow up like a balloon, right? I actually didn't. Okay. Good. I actually didn't. And I'm thrilled that I was one of those people who did not have any side effects from prednisone, but I also wasn't wow. on a massive dose of it. Mm -hmm. But it had not worked. Prednisone had not worked for me. So I was on prednisone. It was still, I still had all these symptoms and he basically, my GI doctor was basically like, okay, the next step is something called a biologic. And that's like your Humira, your Remicade. You can all look into it. I'm sure if anyone is on here with an autoimmune, they've heard of them, Solaris, and you see them advertised on TV. And basically you have to get those injected in your body every eight weeks for the rest of your life. Now, at this point, I was 34. Wow. And I was like, yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what is this? I, I'm not, I'm not old. What is going on? No. And a drug I have to inject in my body for the rest of my life. So then I did a, some more research about it. And it's not even every eight weeks for the rest of your life, because then it's four weeks when that stops working, then it's two. And then I was reading about people who were doing it every week. And the uh -huh. thing is exactly what you said. It's putting a bandaid on the wound, it's not figuring out how you got the wound. Right. And so I said to my eye doctor with my husband in the office with me, I was like, isn't there something like dietarily I can do? Yeah. And I kid you not. He was like, mm, nothing's been proven. Oh, man. It's so discouraging. So discouraging. My gut issues had nothing to do with diet is what my GI doctor told me. And look, 
they're paid so much money by the pharmaceutical companies. They're not paid by organic farmers. You know what I mean? Like they're not paid by those people. And that brings me to, I have so many friends that are doctors and I've talked to doctors and they're like, hey, Jen, we do not study food. Like they might do 5% of their medical education is some nutrition class, but they are studying medicine the entire time. So there is no medicine. I mean, there is no this like study between how food is affecting the body type thing. You know, I'm reading this book right now about autoimmune diseases and it talks about that. Sure. You you could potentially have the genes. The other thing is something triggered it, whether it's stress or anything else um, environment. And then the other thing is it's your gut, your gut permeability and how your gut is and what's leaking through your gut and things like that. So the studies are out there now. Anybody can go find it. And so what books were you reading or what were you listening to? So finding you, finding other diets, finding other nutritionists, that came later once I had started the journey. So basically what happened is I was like about to start this biologic because it was basically conveyed to me that that was the only way that I was going to get out of bed and heal myself. Yeah. And my husband had talked to a friend of his who had Crohn's, which is very similar, except it affects the small intestine and the large intestine. So it's, it's even more damaged, but, and had healed herself Mm -hmm. using a diet called SCD, which stands for specific carbohydrate diet, had healed her Crohn's with SCD. And so my husband said to me, he was like, before you do this biologic, will you please try this diet? And I was like, I mean, wow, I was like a shell of a human. And I was like, I'll tell you what, you do the research, you make me all the food and I will do it because I do not have the energy to sit and read a book. I do not have the energy to cook food for myself. You make me all the food and I will eat the food and I will eat nothing else. Oh my God. What an amazing husband. That's what it's all about. Like, honestly, all of your, so many of your clients that I see on your um, Instagram and then on your blog, you can't do it alone. You have to do like you're, you have to have someone supporting you. Right. You can't have someone being like, oh my God, this stupid wake up and read the labels thing. You have to eat clean. You're ruining the way we eat. You know, you have to have support. Yeah. And food is social. So, you, I mean, otherwise you're going to be alone all the time. And your husband doesn't want to be alone all the time eating either. You know, he doesn't want his wife in bed exactly. all the time. So he's like, hey, let's figure this out. Yes. Okay. So the SCD diet. So SCD basically eliminated all grains, all sugars, all dairy, except they like it allows some hard cheeses and something called farmer's cheese, all gums, tapioca, all soy, for me, all legumes as well. And it was the first thing that, well, first of all, I had a massive sweet tooth, like obsessed with sugar. And it was the first thing that got me to kick that because I was always like fit and skinny. And so I was like, Oh, I'm I'm one of those people who gets to like eat all the sugar they want and manage their weight. Right. And then I got ulcerative colitis and I was like, I am not one of those people. Yes. How am I going to live now? Right? Yeah. How am I going to live? What am I going to do? How am I going to be happy? How am I going to feel satisfied and fulfilled? How am I going to treat myself? And 
that was the beginning of the exploration of ingredients mm-hmm. and really being careful with watching what you eat and eating clean. Right. Oh my gosh. So I feel as though I don't want to get too much into my story because hopefully everybody really just knows that story of how I even got into this business. And it's funny, I never once said, I'm going to be a food coach and I'm going to help people figure this out and I'm going to help them learn labels. No, it was literally the people came and was like, help me. So I was just being helpful and just going through. So And it sounds like you taking the information that your husband read, y'all literally had to just like go to the grocery and figure out which foods were made with real ingredients, right? And that's exactly what I did. I was like, hold on, why am I drinking this premier protein shake with 1 million ingredients? Let me go to the grocery and look for a protein shake that is made with things I can actually understand. Yes. And it seems so simple. So how long did it take you to start feeling good once you figured out these foods? So- And this might be TMI, but one of the things when you're massively in a flare with ulcerative colitis or Crohn's or anything, there's internal bleeding. There's bleeding. And I will say after seven days, seven days, the bleeding stopped. Seven days. Wow. And you were like happy dance? I was so happy. I was, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't right. believe it. I had been bleeding for so long. And, wow. you know, the interesting thing is, and, and I think this is important too, is the first three days were the hardest that I experienced. Uh-huh. I was nauseous. I couldn't eat most of the food that my husband was eating because I making because I was so nauseous. I felt so bad. Mm-hmm. And it's because it was the bad bacteria yeah. dying off. Yeah. And so I just want to say to people out there, there is a possibility when you follow Jen's diet, and I haven't seen this, I haven't seen you talk about this with any of your clients, and maybe it doesn't happen, but there is a possibility that you will go in withdrawals. Yeah. And you will have that bacterial die off the first like three days, maybe even the first week. And you'll be like, this is BS, this thing. I feel terrible. I feel way worse than I felt before. Yeah. We call that like flu-like symptoms. And here's what's going on. Most people, they're eating the refined sugars and the refined flours, right? Not to mention all the preservatives, but when they're eating these, say, white flour, wheat flour, things like that, their body is that that is holding on to extra water weight. That's the main thing. So when they stop eating those things and they start eating the almond flour, cassava flour, that type of thing that's more high in fiber, it allows your body to drop water weight very quickly, which is also why people lose weight very quickly and they feel dehydrated and they feel flu-like. And it's because their foods are not sticking on to all of their water or their fat even. I think when they're eating those things, their body's holding on to fat and it's storing the fat as opposed to when you're eating real foods, your body's going, okay, this is good. We can let the fat go. We can survive off of this stuff. Yeah. It's functioning properly, but it does take, there is an adjustment. Yes. I've seen it where some clients are feeling really bad for two days. And then there's other clients who feel really bad for like two weeks. Yes. But if you are following Jen's instructions, there is no way you are getting worse. And you just have to know that and you have to ride it out. One of the tips that I've read about that those flu-like symptoms is just like dive into water. 
just drink more water because your body yeah. is releasing all that water. And so a lot of the, the those symptoms are from dehydration. So just rehydrate. Right. Water, water, water. A clean swap for, say, Powerade that people would drink for hydration to get electrolytes is coconut yes. water. Have you, by the way, have you ever tried harmless, no, harmless, harmless, harvest, the coconut smoothie? Yes, I have a jug of it in my refrigerator right now. Do you have the smoothie? I don't have the smoothie. I've never tried the smoothie. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. Especially if you make a smoothie, it's creamy. And they even have a chocolate smoothie. Uh, I remember when they came out with the chocolate coconut or the cocoa coconut water. Yep. So they're so good. So good. My kids don't drink any sodas, any juices, nothing. They drink water and then they'll have they'll have milk in their cereal, but they drink only water and occasionally I will get them harmless harvest. And they think it's like, I mean, they're like, oh my God, why did mom get us this tree? Yeah. What did we do? Right. That's a great segue into kids because you have kids, I have kids, and you just said my kids don't drink soda and I'm going to be very frank with everyone. My kids don't either, but I almost feel blessed that my kids don't because it's not even a fight for them to drink it. No. So I know a lot of people listening, they're either their kids do drink it or they wish their kids didn't drink it. How do you get your kids off of that? And I honestly don't know the answer of how do you get your kids off of that? I can just tell you, if you have a baby, don't ever introduce them to it. Meaning ever. Yes. I just always gave my kids water and it was never an option. And now when they go out to eat, they see their friends and their cousins getting all these soft drinks and they look at me and I'm like, you know, if you want to get it, get it. But they just crave the water. They're like, I know that I need water. They've tasted it. They might have had a couple at parties, celebrations, but they do not like it and they do not order it. Yeah. I mean, look, my son, so my daughter's never had it. She's three. My son is eight and he has had it. Yeah. And every now and then he will get it as a treat. Yep. And in the same way that you go to a birthday party and they have cake and you're not going to say like, is this cake clean? Then you can't eat it. Mm -hmm. He will have a soda and he knows how I feel about it. He knows I've done the experiment where you put like a rusty penny in a Coke. I love it. Yes. And you pull it out and it's completely clean. And I'm like, that's the strongest cleaning product. Exactly. And you're pouring that cleaning product into your body. Right. It's all about, it's the conversations you have. Then I tell my people that I say, look, my kids know it's clean. They know when they're eating Sour Patch Kids and it says Blue Lake 40 and Red Dye, whatever, you know, yeah. they know, mom, yeah. we know this is bad. So I think, I think that's going to carry with them and help them make very informed decisions when they really start to feel the effects because it's really hard for kids to feel like, oh, I'm not feeling 100% and my health, this isn't good for my health. Like those are calculated decisions that their little brains can't necessarily comprehend right now. So when you do go to parties... You do let your kids snack on the cake and the, the junk. Yeah. It's probably better out there in California, right? Are they serving like watermelon cake? Yeah. I, well, I mean, yes and no. No. The thing is, it's all in moderation. So we don't have cake. We don't have cupcakes. We don't have ice cream at home. We don't have any, you know, we, we really don't keep candy. We keep some like organic 
chips and things like that, that I know are not good. And I've literally seen you be like, yeah. you're feeding your kids this. And I'm like, I am. We can get into that in a minute. But <laughs> at a party, what I will see is my kids will get served cake and they're super excited and they're all charged up. And I'm like holding myself back from being like, don't eat all of it. You don't need to eat the whole thing. Only yeah. like I hold myself back from doing that. Yeah. And I watch them yeah. eat a few bites and then they're done. Same. And I think it's because what you're doing at home is what's happening when they go somewhere, right? They always say like a kid learns so much at school, but what they really learn is at home. And so they are what they're around type thing as well. And like you said, it's balanced. I'm the same way. If you are waking up every morning, giving your kid a clean breakfast before school and they have, you know, I even let my kids eat the school lunch, which I know is terrible and they know it's away from mommy's food and they love it. And so let it be, but they also have a clean dinner. Right. And so here we are. If you add that up, clean lunch, clean dinner, seven days a week. What is that? 14 clean meals say, and then they are eating the seven bad meals or just one bad birthday party cake extravaganza, you know, one every like month or so. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's kind of like that 80-20 rule. They'll still have good habits. They'll, they're still eating better than they were before, which, I mean, don't you think? Yes. I also think, and I will say this, my son has a friend whose parents from the get-go, like we've known them since Josh was two, and they've been very regimented about what their child eats. And I've seen their child bring their own snacks, their own lunch, not able to eat everything at parties, not able to eat everything at playdates. Super structured. Like very regimented. Yeah. I will see this child unable to control his or herself. I just don't want to give too much info about it. But um, unable to control themselves when party food yeah. is given. Because they feel like they got to go hard, like 110% with this food before someone stops them. Yeah. So I think it's also a thing of like, as we were talking about with balance, like you set guidelines and you also lead by example, but then when you're going to let right. them be free to be free, let them be free and mm -hmm. let them impose their own limits on it. Right. You know, what really sucks though. This brings... I have a cousin like that with his kids. He has like six kids and they cannot ever touch anything with sugar. It's And when they go to parties, it's like they stand on the side. But the thing that really sucks and why Wake Up and Read the Labels exists is that the food industry has become what it is. So cake isn't what cake is today, like Betty Crocker cake from the box. And macaroni and cheese should not be like the cheese from cows fed these horrible ingredients and being fed hormones and antibiotics. And so really it's not that we're saying, you know, oh, kids shouldn't have sugar and kids shouldn't have cake and they shouldn't have things they really love. The issue is that the options that are available at our grocery stores are all, a lot of it is garbage and people aren't even alerted to this. So we're looking at it as, oh, the kids are hyper from the sugar and that has a lot of fat and that has a lot of carbs in it. But really, really, it's because it's made up of all these cheap inflammatory ingredients and it's causing havoc on our body. Do you agree? Yes, yes. And I, I also think that one of the things that's so important about what you said is 
at least you and I know that because of our food knowledge and our food awareness, you know, when our kids go to that birthday party and they indulge in foods that are not clean, we know that what we are providing them otherwise is clean. And I think that's the thing is that we just want to make sure that parents are equipped with the tools to give their kids clean food some of the time, like when they have control over it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So that brings me to what are your top two favorite clean foods? Okay. So I literally told Fallon that like, that is the hardest question ever, (laughs) ever, ever for me. Okay. My first one would have to be my, the nut milk that I use. If I'm not making my own at home, which I've stopped doing, I just don't have the time, but it is the best way to do it. But my favorite nut milk is Elmhurst. Okay. They milk every nut. They milk a cashew, which I have cashew in my coffee this morning. They milk walnuts. A walnut? Hazelnuts. Yeah. Who milks walnuts? Who milks walnuts? But let me tell you, that walnut milk is so good. It is so creamy and rich and amazing. And they've also got almond and they've got hazelnut and it's just the nut and the milk. And it's not, I mean, the nut and the water. And it's not even- Nut in the water. Yeah, the nut in the water. It's not even nut water salt, which bothers me sometimes. And you know, well, the salt, like I know milk puts salt in theirs. It actually changes the flavor. It really does. And I don't want my coffee salty. Yeah, I agree. Which brings me to, you love Elmhurst. My favorite is Three Trees. I know you and Jen Fisher, you're, I said something to Jen, <sighs> Jen about Elmhurst and she was like, no, no. Three trees. Oh my God. Have you ever had it? Oh yeah. Okay. They have cream on the top. It's like, it's almost like heavy whipping cream. Oh, when you froth three trees, there's nothing like it. Yeah. It's so crazy. So I wrote down, I was like, what are my two clean favorite foods as well? And I wrote down three trees. So that's funny you wrote Elmhurst. So I think a lot of people who aren't eating clean probably do have milk in their refrigerator, which by the way, all of you, if you do have milk, make sure you're having grass-fed milk, grass-fed cows. The milk is more anti-inflammatory than say regular industrialized milk. But what do you use for your milks? I use it for mashed potatoes, which I love, potato soup. I use it for granola and milk, cereal and milk. Definitely use it for my lattes. I use it for soups, sauces, you name it. What do you use yours for? What you use your three trees for or regular? Yes. My Elmhurst, honestly, it's literally just for my coffee. Okay. Yeah. I mean, most of the time if I'm baking, it just Mm -hmm. calls for coconut oil. It doesn't call for um, milk, but I would use that for sure. If if the recipe calls for a nut milk, I would for sure use that. But I, you know, my kids don't like mashed potatoes, so I have to roast (sighs) potatoes. I know. I also just got an air fryer, which I'm obsessed with. And so now I'll just air fry the, the Julian potatoes. Oh my gosh. They love them. So Trader Joe's makes frozen vegetable fries. Super cool. Yes, you just take those out. You can spray a little avocado oil on it if you want, and then just pop it in there. Really good. Oh, I'm so going to get that. I'm going to go today. Yes, that's great. Yes, should do that. Trader Joe's root vegetable fries. Okay, so what's your other favorite food? My other favorite food I have two quick ones. My other favorite food, I'm obsessed. What? 
with Veginase or like clean mayo because I never yeah. ate it as a kid because I always thought Hellman's was disgusting. Like anytime I tasted it. Yeah, and really bad but for even you. Like when I was a kid, I like if someone would put it on a sandwich, I was like, this is disgusting. This is gross. Yeah. And then I discovered like clean mayo or clean veginase. My favorites are Primal Kitchen has this chipotle lime one, which is to die for. Agree, a hundred percent. And then the plain avocado mayo is chosen foods because that one has less sodium than the Primal Kitchen plain one. And I made yeah. dressings out of that. Yeah, we made ranch dressing on a live once with that, remember? Yes, we did with the vegan mayo. Oh my God, yes. I love it so much. So my husband and I, when we were trying to figure out like, why are we 25 and 28 years old and feeling so terrible? What is going on? So we cut things out like mayo, okay? We ate it. We knew it wasn't good, but we also just thought it was quote unquote fattening but we cut it out. And then for about eight years, we never ate mayo. When we discovered chosen foods, now we actually take chips and dip it in the mayo. We're like, this is this is a condiment. It is so good. Yes, it's a situation on its own. Oh my gosh. And so often I'm like looking for a fat to add to whatever I'm eating. Like if I'm just having a salad, right. I know I'm not going to be satisfied on just a salad. So I'm like, I need right. to find a fat. And it's almost always olive oil and that avocado mayo. That's awesome. And for a lot of people listening, um, I want to say it's either Hellman's or Heinz. I think it's Hellman's, right? Mayo. They have a mayo that says olive oil on the front. It literally says like olive oil mayo. And then when you read the ingredients, the first ingredient is soybean oil. Oh my God. And then it's like corn oil. And then it says olive oil. And it's like, hold on, what the heck? So the big sticker on the front, people think it's like, quote unquote, healthy. It's olive oil, right? That's Mediterranean diet, anti-inflammatory, all the things. And when you actually read it, it's like, hold the phone. This is soybean oil, which if people don't know by now, soybean oil is really high in omega-6s. It's an industrial seed oil, highly processed, and it leads to a lot of things. So that is crazy. Yeah crazy. And then I know we covered wine. That was really fun. Remember that when we're drinking wine? That was going to be my third item that I'm now like so such a huge proponent of that you really turned me on to is natural wines. Yeah. All the difference. God, the difference is insane. I know. Do you tell me this though? Can you find a natural wine that you really like? Yes. So there is this place in LA, this wine store in LA called Domain LA. Okay. D-O-M-A-I-N-E. And all of their wines are natural wines. All. Nice. So that makes it so much easier to shop. Do you know what I mean? I literally don't buy wine from anywhere else. I know there's Dry Farm Wine and they source natural wines. And that's great because you can get a subscription. You can pick and choose and do whatever. And that's great. But just so that people know, like Dry Farm is not the only place to get natural wines. And I think one of the things that I've loved watching in your stories is that you go to coffee shops like in your neighborhood and you're pointing out like you have almond milk and you have soy milk and you have oat milk and you have this and you have that, but none of them are clean. If you come here looking for a clean coffee, there's nothing here that I can get. And I think you guys, if we go to small businesses in our neighborhoods that we would frequent often and we're like, hey, 
do you think you could find some, like a couple, like a one, just even do this. Like, could you find a natural red wine that you could sell? If you do that, I'll buy a case of it. Yeah. You know, I'll buy a case of it every month and I'll tell my friends and they'll drink it. And we'll all talk about how we feel better the next morning and we don't feel hungover and we don't feel puffy and we don't have headaches and our nose doesn't get stuffy. And then by word of mouth, uh-huh. we'll all start buying it. And that's the same. It's like, just go to your local people, your small businesses in your area and ask Mm -hmm. for what's missing. For sure. And most people don't even realize that grocery stores on their website, they have a form that you can fill out requesting what you want them to supply. Real story. That's amazing. Yes, they do that. And so you're actually helping the business because a lot of these businesses, coffee shops, groceries, they don't know about these clean brands. They don't know about the smaller stuff. So you're actually helping them. You're doing the research for them. And they're like, sure, we'll do it. A lot of them do it. A lot, lot. That's amazing. I did not know. That is. Okay. Well, Sally, do you have any more things that you think we did not cover and you want to include? I know. It's like, I feel like I can sit here all day. Let's oh. let's grab coffee. Let's move into wine for the evening. Let's let our kids play in the background. Yes. I love that. I absolutely love that. No, I mean, again, I could sit here all day and you and I don't even need to talk because all of the things are on your Instagram. They're on your website. They are right. for those those people that are your actual clients and have all of your recipes and all of your information. Like that's yeah. all you need to know. Like you're armed right. with all the knowledge if they follow you. Armed with the knowledge, yep. And even our community, which I do love. I mean, I see it. When when we have clients come in, the most powerful thing is they love to talk to each other because they want to know, hey, is anybody in Southern California? Is anybody in Texas? Is anybody in Florida? Because they want to talk to and meet like-minded yes. people. So it's really cool that they're all figuring it out together and helping each other out and empowering each other and really arming themselves with informed decisions so that they can eat those clean foods. You know before we go, you know what I just thought of? You should maybe, and I'm I'm sure you have so much time on your hands, but you should maybe do <laughs> like a U.S. travel guide of clean coffee shops yeah. and clean restaurants in different cities. I got to read this to you. I got this message 45 minutes before our this podcast. But I, I am starting a blog, Amazing. number one. I have the podcast. I'm doing a blog and I'm doing YouTube. But the blog is going to be, I'm going to pick the major cities and find the 10 most popular restaurants there and make all the menus clean. Tell them what to order. Yeah, which will be really cool, right? But this guy, okay, I don't have many guy followers, but I have I have probably five, seven percent. This guy says, Hey, my name's Lewis. I'm a semi-truck driver. I would like to know if you could draw up a list of snacks, ready-to-go meals, and any restaurants to eat at and stay away from. I'm limited to truck stop food in any restaurants at truck stops. And I was like, hey, thanks for reaching out. I'm starting a blog. I'm making sure we're gonna cover that topic, but it's like even going to a gas station, what do you do? So that is definitely in the works. Okay, everyone. So I hope that you learned a few things with Sally and I as far as how to keep some balance in your life with you and your kids, right? And truly just clean eating doesn't have to be boring. 
There's simple ways to do it. It's really just a little bit of education and then life goes on and you just make it. It's a whole, it's about a lifestyle. So thank you, Sally, so much for joining me. Thank you, Jen. This was so much fun. I'm so excited for you and everything that you're doing. You're amazing. And you know, I love you. You're so kind. Thank you. I love you too. So everyone listening, go to freemorningguide.com and make sure you follow Sally on Instagram. Sally, what is your handle? Sally PR81. Is that the year you were born? Maybe. (laughs) I love it. Okay. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wake Up and Read the Labels. If you like this episode, guess what? We want you to share it. We'd love that. Share it with a friend and leave us a review. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or really wherever you're listening to your podcast. For more information, visit us at wakeupandreadthelabels.com. Thank you.